Welcome to a special edition of The Home Show, where we are about to embark on a journey through an important and often overlooked aspect of the American housing landscape, redlining and its profound impact on building wealth through home ownership. Today, we'll shine a spotlight on redlining, a practice that has left a lasting mark on many communities in the United States. We'll explore what redlining is, its historical context, and how it has shaped the opportunities and challenges faced by countless individuals and families. Join us as we delve into this critical topic and uncover how it continues to affect the pursuit of the American dream for so many. So with anything in life, guys, for me anyway, Whenever there's anything going on, I seek to get an understanding. In that spirit, let me give you a 10,000 foot view, an understanding of what redlining is. Simply stated, redlining is the historical practice of discriminating against certain neighborhoods based on their racial and ethnic composition. This is a practice that denies loans and or opportunities to get a loan to people living in predominantly minority communities. Okay. So from a 10,000 foot view, you may think, Hey, we're in 2024 and these things do not exist any longer. And I would like to think that, but unfortunately, we have several instances over the last two or three years that would state otherwise. So it's here, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it today on the home show, because as you guys know, this is a place where we champion the thought, the idea, the concept of building that solid foundation for generations to come via home ownership and owning homes. And for those that are willing and have the ability to do so here in 2024, that should be the only criteria that we have. And so as with anything that has been entrenched and passed down over time, it takes time to change. And so this is another step towards that change in which we want to enlighten folks, especially those of us that are here in the industry of these things that are going on so that we can make sure we don't have any implicit bias when it comes to things such as this. So with an understanding, we can move forward and get an idea of the devastation that can occur or that occurs whenever redlining is implemented, when it's in full effect. It has a long lasting impact, in my opinion, on what the ability of certain communities to buy property. And regardless of where you are on the spectrum, until things change, real estate, residential real estate, your primary residence has been one of those vehicles that has allowed 
families to pass down wealth, to build wealth, to get that start and then champion or help the next generation, so on and so forth. So in that light, redlining is very devastating when you have, if you're living now and say you're a grandchild of someone that's still living and maybe they're just now getting into their first home and they missed all of those decades of potential appreciation, wealth building that can't be passed down to you. That's one way. Secondly, anytime a family's denied a chance to purchase a home in a certain area, because we all know real estate is about location, it can limit access to quality education and or resources. Facts. So not only from a monetary or financial aspect when it comes to dollars and cents, but also education, opportunities, better resources, parks, medical facilities, air, (laughs) food, things such as this, all important as you matriculate along this thing that we call life. So that that's another devastating effect of redlining. And I think I'll sum it up here that redlining has created a, a cycle of devastating effects that still resonate with certain communities today. And Going forward, we need to do all that we can do to eradicate the practice. So you might be thinking, hey, this guys he's this, he's that, and I'm not. <laughs> Whatever you think I am, I'm the opposite, believe me. But you might be thinking, hey, this stuff is archaic. Redlining has was pointed out or thought to have been done away with way back in the 60s. And if this is not on your radar. You would be surprised as, as early as this year, second week of January 2024, they have there there have been some sanctions that have been passed out as a result of some bad actors. And when I say bad actors, I, I'm not saying that folks are nefariously going in and wrenching other hands and saying we're going to deny these folks that implicit bias that we all have, and if not brought to the fore, you don't know that you are discriminating. And so I digress. U.S. Attorney General just handed down some sanctions to a Maris Bank late last year. Folks thought that redlining was eradicated back in the 60s, but as I just stated, the effects still linger to this day. Okay, let's turn the corner. Now that we've pointed out the issue, I always like to to provide a solution or solutions. And one shining solution that I want to point out as a result of redlining and some of the, the negatives that larger institutions might be guilty of, there, there's been a, a great push this year and or last year to help folks that are underserved. Definition people that are at 80% or below of an area median income, people that live in certain geographical locations. One program that comes to mind that I'm pushing really hard is called a purchase 
Plus, one of our investors that we partner with, offers a Purchase Plus program. If you live in certain geo codes, in certain neighborhoods that are underserved, and we won't go into the actual definition uh, for the sake of time, but if you live in those places at the time of application, then you're qualified for up to $5,200, $5,250 to be exact, and an appraisal credit. With the appraisal credit, it's about $5,700. But then you can purchase as long as you qualify, okay, and you have the ability, you can purchase anywhere in the United States. So programs like that help reverse some of the wrongs that were done because as you heard me say earlier, it's not just about buying a home, but the location matters when it comes to appreciation and equity and a lot of other things that uh, allow you to provide stability for you and yours as time goes on. And those things equate to wealth as well. So programs like the Purchase Plus, plus pardon me, there's a OnePlus program as well that helps folks with additional monies. But Purchase Plus specifically because it targets certain areas where people were funneled into that aren't necessarily the best areas to be in, respectfully. And coupled with all of the other programs, the old standards, FHA, VA, even conventional loans have done a lot by the way of helping people get in and onto the property ladder. So as we move forward, specifically, the Purchase Plus has been making a difference because it helps with one of the largest barriers to homeownership, and that's the closing cost. I know people always say down payment, but a lot of times we do not understand, and we need to do a better job on this side, in my opinion, of explaining to folks that it's not just the down payment, but the closing cost. So... Folks that may have been having a hard time coming up with either the down payment and the closing cost, this program goes a long way in addressing one of those legs on the stool to where it helps people get in. Moreover, it's a conventional loan and the private mortgage insurance is at a deeply discounted rate that deals with affordability. Those couple of things there are really where the rubber meets the road when it comes to not only allowing folks to buy in other areas, helping with down payment and or closing costs, and the actual monthly payment with the affordability, reversed redlining is in full effect for those that could take advantage of it. So as I wrap up this episode, what can we do? What can we do? Not just those of us in the industry, realtors, title company folks, city officials, we all need to play a role in providing good shelter for those that qualify. You have the ability to pay and you've done all the things that you need to do to say, hey, I can get into this home. I can afford it. I, I want to I want upper mobility for me and mine. We need to be caring individuals. We need to raise awareness about programs such as the Purchase Plus and other programs that are, allow people to, to 
get into homes and kill some of the myths that are, are floating out there. Even in 2024, there's a lot of folks that still believe you have to have 20% down to get into a home. And that's just not true. So together, we all can work towards a future where those that qualify and want to be home ownership, home homeowners, pardon me, can because it'll be possible for everyone that qualifies, regardless of color, creed, <laughs> or where you come from. In conclusion, if you know of anyone that's looking to get onto the property ladder and they don't already have someone that they know and trust, have them reach out to me. We would love to have a, con a conversation to see if we could be a match to help them uh, reach or realize their goals. If you found this episode informative please share it with your friends and family and stay tuned for more episodes like this where we'll simplify complex topics related to residential home loans peace